The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. What a great morning of worship, a great morning to be in God's presence. And welcome back to our series. We're in this incredible series called Anxious for Nothing. And I love the feedback. I love what people are saying. Hey, I'm learning so much. And God is challenging me and teaching me to live differently in this world because we live in a world of anxiety. We live in a world of worry. We live in a world of fear. And, and you know, it, I think it just comes so many times out of the media and things just kind of all the things that are happening out there in the world today, you know, kind of the media quote, right? If it bleeds, it leads. And so it's just all of this negativity and all this stuff that's out there. And, and people ask all the time, is, are worse things happening today than ever before? Or are we just getting the news faster than ever before, right? Is it just right here in our face? Is it on our phone? Is it on our TVs? Is it on our computers? Is it right here? But it creates more anxiety, right? Well, now we're worried about Things that are happening overseas, we're worried about things that are happening right here in our country. We're worried about things that are happening down the street. We worry about things with our kids and this disease, and that could happen, and I don't know, but it might. And all of these things just create this tension in our lives and in our world and in our culture. And we live with this anxiety. And yet, right, 85% of the things we worry about never come to fruition. And Jesus said, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And yet we worry, right? We worry and we have this anxiety and Jesus says, I want you to have peace. I want you to be different. I want you to live as a follower. I want you to have the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and these things in our lives that ought to manifest themselves as we live and so that's what we're talking about in this series. Can we really have peace in the midst of the world, in the midst of the culture in which we live? Now, growing up, one of my favorite holidays, it still is, one of my favorite holidays is upcoming. And as a pastor, my favorite holiday, of course, is Easter. Yes, okay, it's why it is, I gotta tell you, it's at the top, right? But then right below it, right, is Christmas. I love Christmas, I just love, I love everything about it. But my third one, maybe it's kind of pushing up there, is Thanksgiving. Anybody else Thanksgiving? Like, is that your favorite? Thank you. Way to go. I love Thanksgiving. I just love it. I don't think it has everything that goes with the trappings of all the other kind of seasons. It is just a great time. And I remember growing up that we would drive every Thanksgiving, we would go see my grandmother, okay? So we would leave San Antonio, Texas. We would drive to Sweetwater, Texas, out in the middle of West Texas, out in the middle of nowhere, and we would drive out there to be with my grandmother. And, and my grandma, she could cook. Anybody else have a cooking grandma? Like, oh yeah, praise the Lord for cooking grandmas. I mean, like, 
awesome. I mean, like off the charts. We have all of our cousins. We have all our relatives. Everybody's coming to grandma's house. And grandma on Thanksgiving would have a feast. I mean, it's like full on, you know, turkey and ham. And sometimes we'd throw in some fried chicken because that's what you do in West Texas, right? And you'd have gravy. You would have all of this stuff, right? And we would eat this incredible meal. We would laugh. We would talk. And then the three best words that grandma ever said would come next. It wasn't, I love you. It was this, save your fork. Save your fork, because we knew what that meant, right? We knew what save your fork meant. We knew that even though this was really good, the best was still coming, right? I mean, and grandma, man, she could cook some pies and cobbler and cake, and we would just sit there in a food coma, right? We'd have a football game on or whatever, but we were just so happy. But it was that save your fork. This is good, but it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. And I think that's so appropriate for what we're talking about today. Yeah, we live in this world. Yes, Jesus comes to bring us peace. Jesus is overcoming. But he's still saying, hey, you just wait. <laughs> it's going to get better. Trust me. Man, if you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you to open back with me to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. If you don't have a Bible, there's some Bibles in the back. Love for you to grab one. It's yours. Put your name in it. Man, but hold on to this scripture. We have been walking verse by verse through Psalm 23, and my prayer is that this is becoming the song of your life, right? When the worry, the anxiety, the fear comes, you're saying, hold on, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And these six verses are just starting to resonate in you and in your family, in your marriage, in your world, you're holding on to these six verses. Now, if you don't have a Bible, we're going to put the words on the screen, but we've been challenging one another to memorize this passage of Scripture. And, and I want to just challenge you, you've got one more week, because next week's our last week in the series, all right? So one more week, six verses, and I thought just to kind of help motivate you, I would bring somebody up to quote Psalm 23. So Mabry, this is my middle daughter, seventh grader. Come on, May. <laughs> and May has it. It doesn't matter what translation. Mabry, you got it? All right, you going to do it? Okay. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Woo! Good job, girl. So proud of you. <laughs> awesome. All right, so seventh graders got it. We got to get it. All right, so... <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. We've been walking through. We are on verse 5 today, verse 5. And so if you're taking notes, this is kind of the take your notes section time right here. And so look at this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Ooh. I mean, isn't that amazing? So the whole first part, the whole first four verses 
God is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He leads me. He guides me. He protects me. But now it kind of shifts here in verse 5. And we move from God being shepherd to God being our host. God is host. If you're taking notes, that's that first blank. God is host. He's the host, right? He leads us. And I love how in verse 4, right, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I don't camp out in the darkest valley. That's not where I'm meant to live. I may go through dark times. I may go through challenging times. Maybe you're in those times right here today. But listen, God is with you. And he is bringing you through that dark valley. And he is bringing you into a place of rest and a place of blessing. Listen, he says, you prepare a table before me. Me, personal. So this morning, this is for you, right? And a lot of times we read the Bible and we go, man, that's great for somebody else, right? That, that's great, maybe, you know, somebody else, you know, that God's speaking to them. No, 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 God's speaking to you. God's preparing a table for you. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We just sang it, right? I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. And who are our enemies? Well, Jesus said the thief, that's Satan, the devil, right? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what Satan wants to do in our lives. He wants to, to kill our, our relationships and destroy our life. He wants to steal our joy. And so there in the presence of our enemies. And who are our enemies? <laughs> Anxiety, <laughs> worry, fear, right? They steal our joy. They, they rob the life that God wants for us. They keep us from stepping out. They keep us from being bold, right? A little bit of anxiety, a little bit of worry or fear is healthy, as we've said through this whole series. But the excessive part keeps us down, and it keeps us from becoming all God wants us. And in the presence of our enemies, God prepares a table. And then he anoints our head with oil. Wow. I mean, that's incredible, you guys. Because the anointing of oil was reserved for the, the most honored guest. The most honored guest. You know, when you would come to a banquet back then, the most honored guest, and they would come and they would put oil on their head. I mean, you gotta think back then, people were walking everywhere. It's really hot in the Middle East, you know. It starts to kind of smell a little bit, right? And they would bring this beautiful balm, this beautiful kind of perfume, and it put it on the honored guest. And you're like, wow. It's just this refreshment, it's this gift. And then this beautiful passage where he says, hey, my cup overflows. I mean, God starts filling our cup and it, it just overflows. I mean, so much goodness. Can you picture that scene, right? I mean, you're at this banquet and they're filling it up, your cup with wine or whatever your favorite drink is, right? It just like gets to the top. You're like, I want a little bit more, a little bit more. And then it gets to the brim and you're like, yes. And then it just keeps going. And you're like, what? You know, I mean, it's just like unbelievable. My cup overflows. Isn't that what God wants to do in our lives? That God wants to bless us. God wants to take care of us. And when you see this passage, I want you to know this, that God is working in our lives both now and in the not yet. 
both now, right? God is at work in your life. God is moving in your life. God wants to bring peace into your heart and joy into your life. But God is also saying there is a banquet being prepared. We are in the now, but we are in the not yet. God's saying, I'm going to take care of you and bless you, and I'm going to use you for my glory right here, but also save your fork. (laughs) Also save your fork because there is the wedding feast of the Lamb that is going to come one day when we are going to be at that giant banqueting table with people from every nation, every tribe who profess the name of Jesus. And it is going to be like unbelievable. And God's going, I'm just getting you ready. I'm going to be with you, but one day it's going to be perfect. I'm preparing a table right now in the presence of your enemies. God is with us. And as you look at this, verse four and five, all flowing together, God bringing us through those dark valleys. God saying, hey, do not fear, I am with you. My rod and my staff, they comfort you. God protects us, God rescues us as we saw last week, but God also blesses us. God has blessed us and God has blessed you. God has blessed you. You know, when you look at this whole Psalm 23, you see two things, right? You see mercy, the mercy of God, but you also see the grace of God. The mercy. See, mercy is when we don't get what we deserve, right? Mercy is when we don't get what we deserve. You know, you're, you're driving along, and you're going down, and it's 35 miles an hour, and you're at 46 or 41 or 39, whatever. You're over the speed limit. You get pulled over. You hear those little sounds. You're like, oh, no, and you see the lights, and you pull over to the side, and the police officer comes up, and he says, sir or ma'am, do you know you were going 45 in the 35, and you're like, yeah, I, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And then the words that we all love to hear is like, you know, I'm just gonna give you a warning. You're like, yes, you know, because I know I deserve a ticket, right? But I got mercy. I got mercy somehow. Even if I was going 36 or 37, it's still 35. I got mercy because I deserved a ticket. And the Bible says we've all sinned. We Don't need the Bible to tell us that. We all know that, right? We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And God, in his infinite mercy, sent his son to pay the price for us. There's mercy, but there's also grace. (laughs) And grace is when we receive what we don't deserve. Grace is when we receive what we don't deserve. I mean, what if the police officer comes up and says, hey, not only am I going to just give you a warning today and let you off, I'm going to show you mercy, but I'm going to also pay off your car. I'm just going to pay off your car. Seriously, you know, because I know you need this for transportation. I know you need to provide for your family. So listen, here's a check, paying it off right here. What? I mean, like, you know, it's just unbelievable. But that's what God's done. I mean, like, salvation isn't enough for us. But then God goes, no, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to get on your roof and food and clothes. I'm going to put you in a place and community and family and friends. And I'm going to give you things that you don't deserve. I'm going to give you salvation in my son and the gift of the Holy Spirit so that you can live and have wisdom and discernment. Thank you, God, 
Thank you, God. It says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, see how great the love the Father has lavished on us. I love that word, lavished on us, right? I mean, how great. We proclaim to you what we've seen. We proclaim to God what he's done. How great is this love that he's lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. You are a child of God. And if you don't hear anything else today, listen, hear this. You are loved. You're redeemed. You're restored by the grace and the goodness of God. See, I think the two great antidotes to anxiety, worry, and fear in our lives are this. It's gratitude and it's giving. It's gratitude and it's giving. When we are grateful, it's hard for us to be anxious. When we are grateful, God, look at what you have done. Look at what you're doing in my life. God, thank you. Thanks and giving. Right, as a nation, we said, hey, we need one day a year for us to kind of stop and focus on being thankful, for us to be generous. But as a believer, every day should be like that because of what we've received in Christ. And for us, when we are grateful, it changes us. Uh, You know, so many times we aren't grateful because we spend a lot of time on Instagram and we spend a lot of time comparing ourselves to everybody else. And we're looking around and we're like, well, look at them. They got a new house. They got a new car. Look at them. They're going on another vacation. And what about me? What about me? But do you know, just by virtue of where we live, I don't know what you make. I don't know where you are financially, but I'll tell you, just by virtue of where we live, we're in the top 98 to 99% of the wealthiest people in the entire world. Not only that, we're the wealthiest nation that's ever existed. So we're in the top 98, 99% of the people who've ever lived, ever. And so many times we're looking at people like in the 0.05% above us and we're comparing ourselves there. What if we stopped and turned around and said, God, thank you. God, really, thank you. I have the gift of salvation. I have so much that you have lavished on me. God, every day I want to wake up and I want to be grateful. I want to be grateful. And God, number two, I want to give. There's something released in you when you give. We are most like God, I believe with all my heart, when we give. For God so loved the world, he And what did he give? What was most important to him? His one and only son. You can't outgive God. I'm just telling you right now, you can't outgive God. And when you and I give, our life is transformed. I was down at an event a couple weeks ago for the bridge ministry in downtown Nashville. And the bridge ministry is amazing. Many of us here uh, have participated. We support the bridge ministry as a church. Uh, Many of you have served. They work with the homeless down under Jefferson Street Bridge, five to 600 homeless every Tuesday night, worship service, feeding the homeless, also feeding kids in school in Nashville, over 4,000 kids every day get a meal through the bridge ministry. It's amazing. And so I went down and I heard the story of the founder of the bridge ministry. 
And her name, I love her name. Her name is Candy Christmas. I mean, what a great name. I'm like, you have the best name ever, you know? Like, her name was Candy. She married a guy with the last name Christmas. I'm like, way to go, right there. I get so probably just married him on purpose. I don't know, but it was great. So Candy Christmas is like the founder. 15 years ago, she shared her story. 15 years ago, here she was, successful. She was traveling all over. She was a worship artist, gospel music, all over the world. And then all of a sudden, she just started feeling down on herself. She went through depression. She went through this hard time, and she was just at the lowest part. She goes, I, I didn't even want to leave the house. I was just like, you know, why am I here? And all these things. And she was suffering from this. And there was a guy at her house, she said, who was laying tile. And, and he looked at her, and he said, lady, you, you look like you need a little pick-me-up. And she said, yeah, I do. He said, it looks like you haven't eaten in a while. She said, I have it. He said, why don't you come down? We all go down and down to the Jefferson Street Bridge and we feed the homeless down there. He said, you know, if you want to come down, you can, you can get a meal. <laughs> She's like, well, I'm okay, but I will join you. So she went in her kitchen and she made a big old pot of jambalaya because she's from Louisiana. That's what you do, right? So gets this big old pot of jambalaya and she drove down and she went down, and that first night, 15 years ago, she started feeding the homeless down there, and she said, it, I couldn't believe it. Started meeting people and learning their names, hearing their stories. And she went back the next week and brought more food. She started telling her friends and family, and her friends and family started bringing food over, and about week three, their whole garage was filled with food, and she's packing it up in trucks. She's got her husband and everybody else taking food down there. And after about the seventh Tuesday in a row of going down and feeding the homeless, her husband goes, hey, Candy, you're not depressed anymore. She was like, I didn't even think about it. I just didn't even think about it. And she said, for 15 years now, every Tuesday, I'm going down feeding the homeless. Now there's nine full-time staff, and we're going down and working with children. And she goes, it is the greatest joy. It's just the greatest joy. You see, God blesses us, you guys, but God doesn't just bless us for us. God blesses us so that we become a blessing. God blesses us so that we turn around and say, hey, come to the table. Hey, look at what God's doing. Hey, there is a God who loves you. Come, be a part of it. Jesus says in Luke chapter six and verse 38, he says, give. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. <laughs> and guys, I gotta tell you, you know this, you know this, I know this. When you give, there is a joy released in you. When you do something for your kids, or you do something for your grandkids, or you do something for somebody on the side of the road, or you do something for somebody at work, and you, you're just like, yes, why? Because you're most like God. And you just fill your cup being refilled. It makes a difference in you. Hey, as a church, we learned this early on. You know, it was 17 years ago, almost to this day, that we started a Bible study in the apartment clubhouse over off Carruthers. We had 15 people, right? 
Mary Catherine was there, and Lisa, and uh, Tom and Angie, the different people are still here at our church. But we knew that night, right, that we said it can't just be about us. And so we said, hey, what if we take a mission trip? We're like 15 people, right? What if we take a mission trip? And so eight months later, we went to Moldova. We didn't even know where Moldova was, but we said, hey, we're going to go and serve. We heard about orphans. We heard about the difference that was there and the need that was there in the poorest country in the former Soviet Union. And so we took 18 people and went. And God changed us. God changed us as a church. We went to serve. The next year we went back, served orphans again, fell in love with them. The next year we went back and we did two trips there. We went to another orphanage up in Flesh and another orphanage down in Chisinau, the capital city in Moldova between the Ukraine and Romania. And then after a couple of years, we saw the need where these orphans, they, they graduate out of the orphanage at 15 or 16 and they have no place to go. And so we said, hey, we, we need to start a nonprofit so that we can buy some houses in Moldova so that these kids have a place to go. And as a church, guys, this is you. As a church, we're meeting in a movie theater and we bought a $250,000 home in Moldova before we ever had property in the United States. We're in a movie theater, we own property in Moldova, we didn't own any property here, we just said, no, and, and I'm gonna tell you, God just started doing miracles, he's always done miracles, I mean, it's just amazing. And now the kids have a hope and a future. And God brought online the Amazon and going to the jungle, and many of you have been on the mission trips down the Amazon or to Moldova or to South Africa, and you know when you go to serve, it changes you as a church, it changes us. Last year we did our For the Kingdom campaign and, and we were endeavoring to raise you know, a lot of money. But we said, we're gonna tithe on that. We're gonna give our first 10%. We, we, we don't know how much it's gonna cost to buy a building in Nashville or Nolensville or how much it's gonna cost to build out here. But we know we want the first fruits to go back to God. We know individually that we want to give back to God. And as a church, we want to model that. And so we said, we're going to tie the JMI $500,000. Here we go. We're, we're going to give it for the work that is happening. And God has blessed. I mean, what God's done in Nashville, what God's done in Nolensville, what God's doing here, it's only Him. It's only Him. This past Thursday, we had our Justice and Mercy International Gala, and it was incredible. You guys, this place was filled and just hearing stories. And so I want you to meet some of our leaders, our national directors and some of our leaders from Moldova and the Amazon. You guys, come on out. They are here with us today. And I am so grateful and so thankful. I mean, let's just give them a hand. <laughs> come on over, you guys. Sarah, come on up here. And you know, while we're here doing church and ministry, they're doing ministry 365 days a year, right? When we go on mission trips, we come alongside these guys, and it is awesome. And so you, you just are going to you love them. You know them if you've been on mission trips. And so Alina is our national director and her husband, Vlad, there in Moldova. Alina, tell us a little bit about what God's doing through JMI, through our church in Moldova.
for homes um, into different parts of Moldova. We have 620 sponsored children. We have 25 people on staff. And this is such a blessing because we added five people since I stood on this stage last year. Wow. So this is such a blessing. Um, you know, God is good through good times and bad times. And when we go through funerals together, He is with us. When we go through weddings together, He is with us. And this year, we were blessed to have three weddings. Praise the Lord. Uh, we have, you know, new villages that we work with. We had the pastor's conference. Um, but the thing that I enjoy most is seeing his grace, his love, and his miracle. We can see him at work. We see lives transformed. We see transitional living kids who come to the Lord. We see children who get baptized. Um, and this is his kingdom growing. This is us and Rolling Hills, GMI, being a part of that. And we're so thankful to be a part of a great ministry that is growing and that is fulfilling his commandment. Amen. I love it. Elena, you guys are doing such a great job. And I love it. We bring mission teams to just join you and as a church, be able to give and and Sarah, you're down in the Amazon, and uh, I tell you, you and Magno and Talita are just doing amazing ministry, and uh, praise God. Tell us a little bit about what God's doing there in the Amazon. A little bit hotter than Moldova, for <laughs> sure. Um, I do feel like uh, seven years ago, God has told us to save our forks, uh -huh. and we had no idea wow. what he was up to. We started uh, by uh, groundwork with the jungle pastors as they are spread out into over 3 million square kilometers of jungle. And uh, we had a small conference uh, in the beginning and we grew to two conferences a year with almost like 120 pastors and wives as we're training them. Um, we got to do, I inaugurate our season of local trainings as well through our mission trips, but also um, through our staff, which we grew to, uh, and we're so grateful for more help. Um, but as we go into the villages and we grow in a number of pastors, we actually got to uh, places that we didn't get a chance to know about. And so these pastors have led us to villages, Jeff, that had never seen a mission team wow. or got medical help or dental uh, care, and we got to serve with the Brazilian church, but also with a bunch of you here from Rolling Hills and in different states of America um, as we went out into the jungle. We got to build one more school. Uh, we just started a library program that we're opening three libraries in the jungle, and believe me, the kids love books everywhere. <laughs> they, the kids in the jungle really love it. Um, we got to share uh, Jesus in local churches in very small little wooden churches around uh, the jungle, as well as take care of our little special needs kids who had no clue what they had, uh -huh. and we're able to connect them to um, just what they had the right to, know what the diagnoses are, and, you know, follow up with their medical uh, needs. And, I mean, there's so much uh, mm. going on. But I will say this, uh, we could never do this alone. Uh, the challenge in front of us in the jungle, uh, sometimes I get so overwhelmed. Mm. Um, 
but I know we sang today that we serve as a great God. Amen. And you guys have been part of that manifestation of God in our lives. And I can say in our countries, mm. uh, because it's through your hands, your feet, your generosity, your prayers that we're able to keep doing what we're doing in such remote areas of the world. So I'm so grateful for the Rolling Hills Church. I'm grateful for your heart of missions. And I praise God for everything that he has done this year. Oh, amen. You're doing such a great job. Thank you. And I, I tell you guys, it, it's awesome to have Alina and Sarah leading the work in Moldova and the Amazon because their passion and their heart and now with the staff there, the difference that's being made, it's incredible. It's incredible. Igor, Igor, you are over all of our transitional living homes in Moldova. And, and just talk a little bit about that, what God's doing um, through JMI in those transitional living homes there. Um, hello. <laughs> And among those kids, we have 60. It's a special program that we work with the adolescents. Uh, since they lack so many resources, we have six adolescents right now uh, from ages 16 to 19 that they take, we take care of them. We call this program Transitional Living Homes, which is a very wonderful pro uh, program to sponsor these boys and girls who soon will become uh, moms and dads. So usually they come to our programs when they are 16 and they receive different resources. When they come into our programs, we sponsor their tuition, which means we pay for school and tuitions in Moldova are really costly, really high. When they come into our programs, we usually feed them meals. We give them uh, the money on a weekly basis so they will be able to cook uh, their meals, which are basically three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They're really great, uh, grateful because many of them, when they come from orphanages, they say usually they have a meal or two a day. When they come to our programs, they receive three healthy meals. Mm. Now, one more uh, interesting thing that we do is the program, since they lack so many academic skills, we have to train them. And Stella does a wonderful uh, job working with the boys and the girls, training them on social skills. We also teach them English. I personally teach them English in, this, in the center, and we have an English teacher, a native um, in the northern uh, area of the country. So it's wonderful, the program, but I would say the most, the most important thing that we do is a devotional time in going to the church, because they get to connect with God. They get to discover who God is. And Jeff, you said it very nicely when, what's the antidote for anxiety? Most of them come very anxious, very worried. Mm -hmm. They come scared, they come, you know, with these anger issues. And the antidote is giving, as you mentioned. And these boys and girls, these 60 of them, and even the kids, they don't have anything to offer. The only thing they can offer is by volunteering. And if you'll choose to come to Moldova to the mission teams, one of those, or a couple, or even more, half of those 60 kids will go with you and just help you out where you will help them out. Uh, this is wonderful to see how God works with volunteering. These kids don't have anything to do but just to receive. And we see these miracles that they have so much and so much to offer. You'll be blessed if you'll come to this country and meet these kids personally. Oh, Igor, that's awesome. You know, Igor, I was recently married. Marina, his wife, is right next to him. And she just inherited a lot of kids that she's like over now. And, and uh, she's amazing. And then Tanya is one of our transitional living kids who we have knew in the orphanage and have watched her grow up. And she is an amazing young woman that God already has his hand on and doing great things. And uh, also Tudor and Stella. And 
Tudor, we knew Tudor when he was like 10 years old in the orphanage and uh, just to see what God's done in his life. And then Stella was at a different orphanage. And then when they moved into the Grace House and then the boys to leaders, they met and fell in love. And then we were at their wedding just about three months ago. And it was amazing. You'll see a video in just a minute on that. And Tudor, tell us a little bit about the difference that God makes through JMI and through the church in your heart and your life. Uh, I will start with that, that uh, I wasn't supposed to be in this program. I mean, I didn't deserve to be in this program, but again, through that program, God showed mercy towards me. So I was a part of this program. And like JMI helped me a lot. They helped me with school, food, family, but they did two very amazing things in my life. And one of them was that being in school, I heard a lot that God is love. God loves unconditionally. But in Jeremiah, I got to live with this love. So they showed me unconditional love, which is somehow, sometimes it's really hard to love someone unconditionally, but they did toward to me. And the second thing, what I did in my life was, uh, in school, I was very bad. I did things that God didn't like, but Jeremiah helped me and kind of they put, they put me on the right path close to Jesus. And from that bad guy, I become a guy who right now works for God. And this is the, big, the biggest achievement I could receive from GMI. It's amazing. And uh, Tudor and Stella both are now on our staff. And to see what God has done in his life and in their life together, it's just been a miracle. And we want you guys to know that we love you. We want you guys to know that we're praying for you. And as a church, we make a commitment to pray with you and pray for you and to see what God's doing. And we love you guys very much. So thank you for all you do. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Hey, guys, it's you. You know, you're praying, you're giving. We tithe on our tithe when we give. This is the impact. This is the difference and I think so many times we operate with this scarcity mentality, right? You know, I, I can't go on a mission trip, right? I mean, how am I going to do that? How am I going to be away? Or I can't sponsor an orphan child. I mean, $40 a month, really? I can't do that, right? We're just looking at what we have and we say, I can't, I can't, you know? I, I can't serve at church. I mean, I don't have the time. I can't. And, and God's going, no, 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 stop looking at the scarcity mentality and look at me. I am the giver. I am the one who, who pours your cup where it overflows. I've blessed you. Now you give. And when we give, our life has changed. Hope comes in us. Joy comes in us. And it's amazing. You know, it says in James chapter 1, verse 27, religion that God the Father sees as pure and faultless is this. You're like, oh, what is that? <laughs> to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. God knows. God's saying, I'm gonna bless you. And when you are grateful, and when you turn around and give, there's something that happens in you. When you're invited to the table, and then you turn around and say to somebody else, hey, come meet the one who changed my life. Come join me at the table. When you and I invite somebody to church, when you and I pray with somebody, when you and I pray with our family, when you and I give our time to give back, 
Our life is the one that has changed. One of my favorite people in the entire Bible is a guy named Barnabas. <laughs> I love this guy. And in the early church, the early church was growing and things were happening there. Uh, but then this guy Saul, who was persecuting the church, gives his life to Christ. And everybody's scared of him, right? And Barnabas says, hey, come on in. God can use you. The apostle Paul comes in and then they say, let's go do a mission trip. They've never done a mission trip, ever. Barnabas is like, sign me up, let's go. I wanna go tell people about Jesus. He changed my life, I wanna go. He brings his cousin with him, John Mark, and says, hey, let's go. And on the first mission trip, they go and start spreading the gospel throughout. Barnabas, his nickname was this, son of encouragement. <laughs> son of encouragement. And I think he did so much for the early church, just to helping to find that church, helping bring joy to the church. And people wanted to be a part of that. People are like, hey, I hear about Rolling Hills all the time, and it, it's such a place of joy, and God's doing so many great things. And I'm like, yeah, he is. And we are just a grateful people because it's all him. And we just want to be a generous people and give back and make a difference in the lives of those around us. This morning, you guys, as we pray, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to do this. I'm gonna ask you to open your hands. The very first week in this series, we, we prayed this way like the Quakers prayed. We just put our hands out. We put our hands out and said, God, I wanna receive from you. And then we turned our hands over, if you remember right. God, empty me, empty me of the worry, stress, anxiety, the things that war against you. And then we turned our hands back over. God, fill me with peace. God, fill me with hope. But watch this. When we close our hands, just close your hands like this, right? Make a tight fist. When we hold on to everything, when we try to hoard, when we try to, don't your whole muscles all tense up? Doesn't everything in you tense up? But now open your hands. <laughs> Do you feel it relax? That's the way God wants us to live. God wants us to live like every day is Thanksgiving, because it is. God wants us to live every day grateful for the grace that we've received in Christ, and in Christ alone, that there's a God who's prepared a table for us, that there's a God who triumphs over our enemies, that there is a God who loves us. And he wants us to live as generous people. God, how can I give? How can I serve? How can I love? You've blessed me so that I can be a blessing. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. Maybe today is the day of salvation. Right now where you sit, you just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I've been living life for me. And I've been scared and worried and afraid. And God, today I need you. Come bring hope, bring healing. Maybe this morning you just want to go, God, fill me with your spirit. God, don't let me have a scarcity mentality. Let me have a, a generous mentality. God, use me. Use me to invite others to the table. Use me to love the people around me. God, I pray for my marriage. I pray for 
my future marriage. I pray for my roommates. I pray for my kids, my grandkids, my godkids. I, God, I just pray for the people around me. Don't let them see me being anxious and worried, afraid. Let them see me being confident because of who you are and a person of peace and a person of joy. Maybe today you're saying, God, you're stirring my heart. What do you want me to do? So Father God, here we are, your disciples. And God, we gather in your name. You have brought us here, God. It's not an accident that any of us are here. And God, you have prepared a table for us, both now and not yet. Right now, Father, that we can have peace in the middle of the chaos, everything that's going on around us, God, that we can have peace with you because of your mercy, because of your grace. And God, that we can know that the best is still to come. That God, you have eternity planned out and it is gonna be incredible. Every nation, every tribe who professes the name of Jesus that will gather together one day. And so Father, let us live as your disciples. Let us live differently in this world today. Fill us with joy and hope and peace. Fill us with Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. After this service, I'll be here. There'll be people on our staff, our pastoral care team. We'd love to talk with you, love to pray with you, whatever's going on in your life. Listen, you're not alone. You're not alone. There's a God who is for you, and there's a church family that wants to walk with you as well. At this time, I want to invite our ushers to come forward. It's a chance for us to give back, a chance for us to invest in God's kingdom and for God's glory. If you're a first-time guest, all we ask is that you would give us your communication card and we could follow up with you and tell you what God's doing in his church. If you have a prayer request, like Mary Catherine mentioned, the welcome, just drop that in and we will pray with you and we will pray for you. And, and also just know, you know, as we give our, our tithes and our offerings back to God, we, we tithe on our tithes. So we go and we send it to, to the Amazon and to Moldova to make a difference in the lives of children. So every week, guys, you're making a difference. And I just want you to know that. So Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you, Father, for blessing us. Take what is given today, multiply it, and use it to transform lives like Studer and Stella and Tanya and Igor and Sarah, Alina, all these people, God, that you are working in their lives. Thank you, Father, for a chance to give back. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we give. Amen. My name is uh, Freeman Theodore. Most people call me Tudor. In the beginning, it was really, really hard for me because uh, I grew up without my parents. My mother, she didn't uh, think about us. She took our little brother, Savam, and uh, she just started a new life for herself. My father, picture I remember with him is that how he left us and his shadow leaving our home. 
that left me under my grandmother's responsibility, but she was sick, she had cancer. There was days where we didn't have food, and because of poor conditions, I slept outside. When I was three years old, the mayor decided us to bring us to the orphanage. years I stood in orphanage and I never left the orphanage during the holidays so I have to spend only with the people's remains in the orphanage and for me it was a painful moment. My uh, favorite part in orphanage was the summer especially the time when we had Americans coming especially Chemai because with them I got to feel the feelings I could not feel in orphanage, like love, uh, respect, uh, positive attitude for me. All the time when they left our camp, we were crying. Became, we, we went back to normal stays. One of the favorite parts was uh, Bible study, because I got to learn about God, many things that influenced my life even in the future. I remember my first day in GMI. They just created that good environment for me to improve myself, to develop myself. And beside that, that was the best place where I could start an amazing relationship with God with Jesus. And I remember those moments when every night with the guys, we studied from the Bible, we teach uh, each other, we sang a lot of songs. So those was really good memories. I, I can say that um, I started to have a family. Family is not only to have two parents, but is to have someone who can give you advice all the time, and someone who loves you, someone who respects you. Family means the place where you can get love for free. And all of these feelings I got by being part of GMI. While I was in the program, I met Stella. In a very young age, she went to orphanage also. Her situation was also hard, somehow harder than mine. Jeremiah brought together me and Stella. Of course, they did not plan it to do it, but God did it through this amazing uh, organization. When I uh, proposed, I did a promise for myself that if I choose her, then I will do my best to love her as God loves me. I know it's, it's really hard, but I will try to do that. Uh, I will try to support her. It's very important uh, for me because my family didn't know about God. And at this point, I have the chance to create a generation who will have uh, the God in their family and who will have a different way of thinking, uh, 
about the world, about people. This is the point when I can uh, make a big uh, change in our uh, dynasty. God uh, provided me with the right persons at the right moment uh, to change my life. This wedding is very special for me. I learned that family is something more than parents. I'm really happy that there will be the Americans from GMI who had a big uh, impact on my life and they will look and they will be proud. They should be proud because this is the result of what they've done in, in my life, in uh, Stella's life. So it's kind of new chapter on my life and the things there. It's time to apply everything I learned from Chiamai. That is awesome. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, praise God. I mean, praise God, church. I love you. I just love serving God with you. I love seeing what God's doing through you. It, it, it's incredible. I mean, it is incredible. And uh, I just love it. So, you know, whenever you are feeling down, just start thinking about all God's doing in your life and how you can serve and give to others. You noticed today when you came in that you've got that worship guide and there's the go page on it. And as Mary Catherine mentioned, it really is kind of our mission Sunday today. So you have go on one side, you have give on one side. And, and I just encourage you to, to sponsor a, a child. Uh, my family, we do that. We have a couple of kids that we sponsor and our girls love to keep up with them. And we have our JMI booth set up right outside. If you'd like to sponsor a child, go on a mission trip at some point. I'm telling you, it's a reset for me every year when I go to the Amazon, the pastor's conference, or I go to Moldova and work with children. And I know there's different seasons in life. There's times when you have small kids, there's times when things are hard at work and you can't, but at some point, put it on your agenda to say, at some time I am going, I'm gonna be there. And then locally, we have so many opportunities to serve. And as we give back, as we say, hey, I've been blessed, God has brought me to the table, but I wanna invite others to the table. I want them to come and know the God who had mercy and grace in my life. You just see the life change. I mean, you see the tutors, you see the Stellas, and you get to see it together. And it's incredible. So, guys, let's go and live it out. Let's stand together. Let me pray a blessing over you. And I'm so grateful for all God's doing. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for a great morning. Thank you for your word, for Psalm 23. Let it be the word and the song of our life as we live it out each and every day. Thank you for Jesus who binds our hearts together. Send us out with confidence, with peace, with joy, and to live our lives for the glory of our great God. In your name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Have a great week. Thanks for being here. God bless.